you know, I believe I'm sixth generation. My son is seventh, and then my granddaughter would be eighth. That's awesome. And uh, we're seventh generation farmers. We farm. Uh, we have row crop cattle. Uh, Grandpa dairied years ago. Um, well, there's ain't much dairy unless you're just one of the big conglomerates anymore, is there? No, there is actually no dairy farms left in yeah. Harrison County. The last one went out probably six or eight years. But what's the what's the reason for that? The overhead costs, the margins are so slim that the yeah. small dairies cannot compete anymore. Uh, it takes, <coughs> I don't know how many cows it would take to make it profitable. Uh, I'd say you would have to be in the upper hundreds. Yeah. And it's just, it's like the hog industry. It went mm -hmm. that way too. We used to raise a lot of hogs. Uh, when originally Smith PSF come in in the surrounding counties, that changed the whole model and image for pork in the country and it eliminated a lot of the smaller hog farms it gave a lot more uniformity in the meat that's produced mm -hmm. and stuff it's just a change of times we give up the hogs we lost our markets not blaming PSF just the change in the times it's an interesting thing um, I, a buddy of mine down in the southern state he uh, he transformed for re raising beef cows from dairy and he said the, the number he kept he kept going up every year how many he had to have and he said, you could make, but you, you couldn't make a living yeah. enough to do it, make it worth it to do. Yeah. He got up to, when he quit, he needed 950 yes. to make it worth not just raising beef cows. Yep. And at that point, he said, it just, you couldn't replace them and it just nope. didn't work. But, you know, everything evolves in agriculture. Yeah. Uh, I remember when the hog industry changed because I was, hadn't been farming too many years on my own and had hogs. And uh, I went to the meetings you know, they had for and against it, you know, stuff like that. I didn't get radical about it. I just went for information. I could see the handwriting on the wall. It was going to evolve and change to go great big or corporate. I chose not to. There are a few farms in the county that raise hogs on contract. It's been very successful for them. Um, I chose not to do it. Just didn't. Um, looking back, probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been a bad idea to have done it because I know People that have went that way have done good with it. Interesting. I, I, I watched every election somebody runs an ad. The state legislature had a role in allowing them to buy that land uh, and own that much farmland. Yes. And every time there's an election, somebody runs an ad, and nobody, it's never positive. And it's some of the most effective ads that they run. Not, not, but it's interesting, not necessarily in North Missouri, just all over the state. Yeah. And I think it's got to do because it's a Chinese company, and so that's probably the main part of it. But every cycle, somebody runs advertisements yes. and gives somebody grief that voted on that, and uh, it, it's really some of the most effective ads that are run. I'm not in favor of foreign countries owning land. Yeah. But uh, what I was referring to was back when Premier Standard mm -hmm. Farms first started. And, you know, everything evolves. I can't stop it. You can fight it. You can... Mm -hmm. Or you can try to find, we have a very good corn market because of Smithfield. Yeah. Actually have a son-in-law that just purchased a semi that works contract with Smithfield to handle grain, you know, from site to site input. I wouldn't have dreamed 20 years ago yeah. that, that would be an issue. We sell a lot of grain to him. Would I like to see back where the private farmers had it? Yes, but it's not going to happen. That's what it is, yep. Uh, newspapers, uh, I own newspapers and... Uh, it's funny, newspapers are almost the inverse when they, 
the, the corporations make it hard to make a living. Then once they buy it, they they don't make any money. It's it's uh, the there's a the the, the difference of uh, of a little bit of the art to the newspaper. I think is lost on a corporate setting, and the more of them they buy, it seems the more money they lose. We're in more of a science to to farming hogs, and I think and 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 dairy and different things, yeah. and that's where it's been an interesting um, interesting regression. It's funny I see some folks that do this this organic stuff now. Yeah, I got buddies that I guess there's no definition of what's organic. So no, I got buddies that just they have a different fence, and that's called organic. I'm not sure there's much more to it than that, but but he's found a way to make good money with uh, with beef on that end. Yes. I was like, what about organic hogs? Or he's like, no, that's not. <laughs> not going that road. Folks will buy it on beef. That's about it. That's it. It's always great to know what, it's, to me, there are two things. Interesting how folks come to live in rural Missouri, usually it's because they've lived in rural Missouri. And then I always think the commissioners, other jobs, are the most interesting things in the world. If you go sit down, there's a lot of farmers, but, but the other jobs commissioners have is always very interesting to me. A lot of folks work in construction. That's why they want to be a commissioner, talk about road building and things. But... The, the different, there's probably no greater. The General Assembly has a little bit of a varied thing. It's getting to be less. The more of the suburb people, this is all they do. But for most commissioners, they have a real interesting second job uh, collection. You know what I mean? Um, as time went on, uh, there was a, uh, in 1846, they, they, they laid out their first uh, state rep was Lorenzo Thompson. And then they put together the first county commission of Thomas Dunkerson, S.C. Allen, and Enoch Grover, and so they all came together, and uh, and picked out some uh, so picked out some of the, the founding pieces of the county, um, and then uh, the courthouses are always interesting to me. This reminds me of Butler County's courthouse. You can spot a WPA courthouse anywhere in the world. It's usually two or three stories. It's it's square and it's always like a limestone color. You have some of the I guess some of the most interesting. Uh, texture to one usually they're very bland like Butler County is the most bland building it looks like an old armory or depot or something uh, this has some texture to it it's, it's one of the better looking WPA courthouses but it says here on uh, on June 14 1845 uh, SC Allen was asked to build uh, to build the courthouse they built a 24 by 20 courthouse Elkin Grover uh, was bid uh, was outbid for it uh, by $194 was the, the total cost of it they came in, they said that they thought $194 was too steep at the time, which sounds like every commissioner I've ever heard about <laughs> anything in the world. Um, they sold it in 1851 for $500. It says here in February 1856, $8,000 was approved for a second courthouse. Um, it was 65 by 40. And then uh, it came in a little over budget for $9,700. It was destroyed by a fire in 1874. And then it says they had another citizen drive to build another courthouse uh, and a jail that came through. Uh, and that they, they, at that time, there was a real interesting thing about moving the county seat after that fire. That's always when people talk about that, when the fire happens. It said there was an attempt in 1870, 1874, 1880. Then they tried to move it to a place called Lorraine in 1892 and Ridgeway yes. in 1912. Yeah. Lorraine is actually the center of the county. Yep. And... Ridgeway would have been just a few miles from Lorraine. Ridgeway had the rail, railroad through it, okay. which probably would have been the reason for wanting to go there. Um, for whatever reason, it never ended up going. Originally, I have been told whether it's right or not, they put it in Bethany because of the, the mill and the water. And mm -hmm. 
the river or the creeks, river, whatever you want to call it, through here. And Lorraine and Ridgeway wouldn't have had that. They would have been flat mm -hmm. ridge prairie country. And um, but Lorraine actually is the center of the county. And when Lorraine didn't get it, it I believe the Lorraine School closed. I've heard different ones say in the 1950s that would have been the last of the Lorraine community. Actually, some of the buildings were actually moved to Ridgeway. Some of the wood frame and stuff like that. I've heard different ones. There's still a few people around that actually went to Lorraine School. And then, of course, the consolidations that eliminated a lot yeah. of the smaller schools. But they literally picked the buildings, some of the buildings up and moved them, I've been told. That's interesting. I, you, you think about that now, but you could have done that back in the day. You had to take them apart, right? I mean, that's. Uh, <laughs> I was reading about a courthouse in Trenton. Uh, one guy bought one of the old courthouses just for the brick. Yep. He wanted to reclaim the brick. Yep. And so what he, he tore it down and took the brick somewhere and moved it to. Like, yeah, and it said back in the day they built the brick sturdier than they used to. Yeah. Uh, by then, and that was in 1900. I imagine what they think of the brick today. My goodness, they'd, throw, <laughs> they'd be embarrassed to build something with it, probably. Um, uh, so then it came through. Keenan Simpsons of Kansas City came through, and with the WPA built the courthouse in 39, the 87 by 83 courthouse for $90,000. Uh, there was some haggling over the the final budget, uh, but but what I found was interesting was they brought a trial from from um, Holland, I guess it was, that was that came to America 200 years before from Holland and laid the first mason stone with a trial that had been around forever. Okay. Now. I was maybe start wondering what is the primarily the folks that settled here was it is it Irish folks is it is I there a Dutch settlement somewhere not really that I'm aware of um, I assume there's got to be a little German settlement that yeah, came in probably. over time usually that's what's up here usually you have a German and Irish kind of mix my uh, relatives which would have been in the 1860s they were English mm -hmm. From actually from Liverpool, England, and then come here, and then settled in Pennsylvania, and then came. Um, have some German in my family that came in from, but as far as I've observed in North Missouri, German immigrants because of the railroad came right away. Yes. English immigrants came earlier, so they'd make a stop, right? A lot of them make three stops. They'd make one stop in the East Coast, then their next generation move a little further out, and then they'd end up in Missouri by the third generation. And Southern Missouri it would be usually the first generation would come through and go through the Cumberland Gap, and then the second generation would end up in Missouri some, somehow through the rivers or something. But but the German folks came later, so the railroad was established in large part, and they came pretty much straight here. My German, near as I can tell what I've been told, were from Kentucky that mm -hmm. settled there and then came here. I don't have a lot of that yeah. history on it that I've been told. The Smiths I do for the fact they traced it back through on the Civil War. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I know about well, that. Then we talk about, there's a couple interesting uh, interesting war things, and not really that many ever about the Civil War. Uh, when I was reading, there wasn't, there was bushwhackers up here like there was everywhere, but <clears throat> they were getting a little close to Iowa, I think, when they got up here. They didn't really want to. Really never heard much about Civil War battles fought in this area. You heard a lot of them around Richmond on the rivers and stuff sure. like that, but up in here. I remember there was a couple bushwhackers that came yeah. and raided a couple farms, but there wasn't wasn't a lot of it. Uh, they said the bushwhackers didn't like to get too close to Iowa because the Iowa militia was known to be very unforgiving toward Missouri bushwhackers coming north, and so they kind of stayed uh, away from that Iowa border because back, back in the day, 
you know, you really could wander into Iowa pretty easily. There wasn't like there were signs up on the road. Well, they had a border dispute at one time where the line was even actually at. The Honey War, yeah, yes. back in the day. As kind of a Clark County thing, there was two wars here, and one was the Killian War. And I was reading where a guy named Charles Killian was, I guess, trying to do business with the Indians, and they captured him. So Colonel Jennings, one of the earliest settlers and a, and a military veteran, rose a local militia to rescue him. And 40 men went on this trip, and once they pulled the rifles out, the Indians charged, and once they shot the rifles, the Indians retreated and decided they would just give the guy back. And uh, Once they saw that rifle fire, they were pretty much done fighting. Um, then in 1846, the Harrison County Militia was called up for a war on the Mormons. And it was an interesting thing. Again, I believe it was Colonel Jennings that they went and found Brigham Young, yeah. who by now was just trying to get to Salt Lake City. And he said, look, I, I don't have enough food to make it. I, I need to camp and grow a crop. So I need about three months, and then we're out of your hair forever. And he gave his oath, and Colonel Jennings gave his oath, that if you're still here, when I come back, I'm going to kill all of you. And he said, we're going to keep our word. We're going to grow this crop. You can send a guy and check on us. Apparently Brigham Young was very, very easy to negotiate with. He said, we'll, we, just have to, we have to have somewhere to get food because we don't know we know where we're going to go, but the, the trail's tough. So Colonel Jennings and him shook hands, signed a document, they, and kept their word. Colonel Jennings came back right as they were leaving, and apparently they, kept, they wrote letters back and forth a few times throughout their lives as two honorable men that made an agreement. But it was clear Colonel Jennings was going to kill them <laughs> if they didn't move along. Uh, that's an interesting thing. You know, I, I always thought one of the real underrated – I guess everybody up here goes to Hamilton every so often, yes. right? Which I, it's really interesting what they're doing there. That yeah. that Missouri Star quilt company and stuff. But to me, you know, that that far west that is a tourist thing. The state really misses out on yeah. because I watch. You know, Mormon folks love their history, like you yeah. know anybody would. And they, I, I mean, when I went, I went and looked at the site. It's, I mean, it's the size of these two rooms. It's a little concrete pad that that I think the state's put up to kind of more or less apologize for how they treated him. But, I mean, I watched two tour buses get off while I'm there. I mean, it is – it is. there's a lot of folks that would come through here um, and folks that had money. I mean, it, it surprised me. They, they were putting that little store up at Far West last time I was there but to kind of capture some of that. Yeah. But, I mean, that, the state owns some ground around there. That, was, that to me, is an opportunity they're missing out on. Um, is there still uh, – I guess there's there still Mormons here? Yes. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. Do you run into any Amish up in this part of the state? Oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Where at, whereabouts in the county are they? Oh, about two miles west of here, and then they're up around the Eagleville area through to mm -hmm. the state line. The Amish made an influx into this county, what, 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. They started first up in my area. I'm in the north part of the county, mm -hmm. right on the state line. They've been 20, I don't think they've been here 25 years. They're more the agriculture. They've they're not near the progressive, but you know, on the businesses. There's a few of them up there. They do have the tin built, you know, tin work, stuff like that, a lot of carpentry. A um, few Amish stores up there. Not, of course, the settlement isn't near as old as the one in Jamesport, where it's very organized and, you know, a lot of business goes on that, from English and Amish there. But, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the Amish in our area, like I say, and they're moving in all the time. They've just, they purchased another 200-acre farm up there. They're starting to get their little communities going, and 
I've dealt with them some, selling them hay and things, you know. I've, I know a few of them. They'll come in right there at Eagleville at the exit. They'll sell baskets, you know. They, they'll sell their jams and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of uh, carpentry work. We've had them do work for us different times on their carpentry. these cabinets. Yeah. Oh, wow. These cabinets yeah, and the desks yes. in, our, in our front office were all made by the Amish. And so those were down here at the... Right. At well, the how well do they assimilate into the community? I mean, they keep themselves or? You can interact with them uh, as far as doing business and stuff like that. Uh, do they go to the schools? No, no. They have their own schools. They're very much on their own. Do they vote in elections? or No. no. They, they tolerate the English what they have to. I, mean, I shouldn't say tolerate. They do business with the English they have to to survive sure. and go. And we do business with them to get good quality work or whatever. But they're still very clannish on their own. I mean, like I say, I've, I've known some. Well, you really couldn't operate in a world no, as different as they do, as they want to keep their world, yeah. if they were too assimilated. That, that probably wouldn't work, you know no, what I mean, for it them. wouldn't. Um, in their community, I believe their language is German. It's old dialect German. Yeah. That's how they go to school. Right. And the children yeah. will not speak English, the younger ones, like when I pull in there, till a parent gives them permission. So they could be potting and you wouldn't have any idea. Yeah, <laughs> now, I, I have one guy I've dealt with quite a bit up there in our area, and I told him, I said, one of these days I'm going to really surprise you and learn, learn old German dialect. And he kind of looked at me and he says, yeah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ain't going to do better than that. We're going we're gonna, to... Uh, Go to commercial before. I do want to thank our sponsors one more time. The Missouri Association of Electric Co-ops, Missouri Farm Bureau, and Missouri Association of Counties letting us come to places like Harrison County. We're going to come back and talk about Harrison County today after this. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance, and we're for the Missouri way of life. We're for worrying less about the what-ifs and more about the why-nots. We're for checking off your bucket list and then making a new one. We're starting a family, a business, a tradition. And if you find yourself starting over, we're here for that too. We're for building a life in Missouri and then going out and living it. And when it comes to making sure everything you've built is protected, we're for you. We are Missouri Farm Bureau Insurance. Way down in Missouri, when I heard this lullaby, while the stars were blinking and the moon was shining high, 